What is going on, everybody, and welcome to Listen to Money Matters. Hustle isn't just working on the things you like. It means doing the things you don't enjoy so you can do the things you love. And I'm going to put the word later in there because <laughs> it makes <laughs> more sense. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Good, man. I'm drinking an impending descent from Trogues. Ooh. Um, I, was, I always thought it was going to be impending disaster. That <laughs> would jinx myself. Then. That's the name of a really spicy burrito. Oh, really? Somewhere. I don't know. Oh, it, it, it probably is. Makes <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> what kind of beer is that? Uh, it is a stout. I've been like addicted. Uh, it's with a uh, vanilla bean and coca. It's like uh, thick, like black as night, um, and really good. Is it like syrupy? Like a uh, like dragon's milk kind of. One sec. I've actually not had dragon's milk. Oh, you haven't? I had it once, and it was very much not for me. Because I'm, I don't I'm think not the stout guy. Uh, I don't think it's like syrupy. Mm. I know. I never thought of it like that. Um, dragon's milk is. If you if you ever had that, it, this it one just isn't super sweet. Thick. Mm. Like, I don't know if it's super sweet. It's just like it's very thick, and I don't know. I like my beer to be not. Like the consistency of molasses. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because last night I was like drinking IPAs. Usually when I'm out, I'm drinking IPAs. But I don't know, home, especially in the winter, the stouts are just, just comforting. Yeah. Fair enough. I have a, a probiotic drink. Go I, on. I think it's like bacteria or pro, I, probiotics or bacteria, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's just like fermented. I don't know. It, it's almost, but not quite, kombucha. I believe right, right. kombucha is like fermented tea, and this is uh, water kefir culture. I love how it's clearly like this fruity probiotic drink, but they have to put gluten-free, non-dairy, <laughs> and vegan on it. <laughs> like, like what is this, this nearly clear, fruity-looking drink full of like blood and milk and, and gluten somehow? <laughs> I, I love food marketing. It's hilarious to me. Like, uh, like, uh, you buy chicken at the store and it's like cage free. Yeah. Duh. They're only going to cage the chickens <laughs> if they're laying eggs. <laughs> but I don't know. Food marketing is what it is. You're anyway. like, duh. They only can't. I was like, oh shit. That makes sense. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So it looks like I have to read a disclaimer for this episode. No, I mean, you don't have no? to read. Actually, you could read it. It's in like written a, in like in a boring, lawyerly voice. I just wanted to say the disclaimer <laughs> because we're not tax people, but it's yes. written by me. So okay. let's see if you sound like me. All right. Uh, well, I don't know if I can sound like you. <laughs> <laughs> just put, hold your nose. Get get a little nasally. Initial disclaimer for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are not tax advisors, and you should absolutely consult with one before you start deducting things like crazy and stuff like that. Both Thomas and I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> did that sound like you? I don't think it yeah. did. <laughs> no, no. Basically, okay. The the, the whole thing, I, I wrote this as like notes for me. Like, okay. um, we're not tax people. I have like, I, you know, we I did the research on brackets and, you know, general percentages, but mm-hmm. you may listen to this in the future. You may even listen to this in the past and the numbers may be different and your situation may be different. But the, the point of this episode is to drive home the general broad benefits, a lot are very big, mm-hmm. of LLCs um, and, and S-Corps, 
a way to classify an LLC. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you step, if you take away from this episode all of the ways you can benefit, uh, that that's all we really want. And then when you implement specific details, you may want to talk to a tax person. Yeah. I would definitely second that recommendation to talk to a tax person. You can read a lot of articles on NOLO and Small Business Advisor and all these kind of websites, and they can they can give you a gist and you can sort of piece together their knowledge. But when we're talking about doing things like paying yourself a salary and trying to figure out what percentage of your business's incomes, income that counts for, it is best to talk to a tax advisor who will be able to assess your specific situation and look like we have both done our own research and this is like years ago and through we've been talking and we've made mm-hmm. decisions um and so we we have informed ourselves and just and made decisions blah blah blah. but we both use tax people to do like the actual execution part which is like a lot of work yeah exactly uh so i guess the the overall idea of this episode is that there are a lot of benefits to having an llc um, and I know you put S corp here and we'll get into the details of what an S corporation is and how there are actually kind of sort of two ways to be an S corp, uh, essentially. But my initial question for you is who among our listener base are you recommending this path to? Is it people okay. who are already established business owners, people who are psychic so- freelancers who also have a full-time job? We okay, so I Brandon from the Mad Scientist, awesome dude, super interesting to talk to, mm-hmm. whether it's been on the show or uh, like whatever events we've been at, and he's he's been there, and his his whole thing is that um, if you, like one of the biggest expenses, if not the biggest expense in your life, is taxes, and if you mm-hmm. use tax advantaged vehicles. Um, not only will you save a ton of money, it'll get you closer to retirement and and blah, blah, blah. And he's absolutely right. And I guess my feeling is that so much time has been spent on like the inane strategies of the horse racing IRAs and back doors and blah, 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 where no one really talks about the LLC, the monstrous tax advantages there, and that you don't need to set out to to make this like franchise business or this huge thing. Like you could actually be really, really small time, not make a profit for like three years and take advantage of this. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Like if you had a business that made a thousand and one dollars a month and it spent a thousand dollars a month, you would, you would reap massive benefits. And so I kind of want to go into that though. Uh, isn't there like a limit to being able to declare a loss on a business after a certain amount of time. Like I think the IRS classifies it as a hobby and you can't expense things after a yes. certain amount of time. So, and so I, I kind of want to like, yeah, like run through beginning to end, but okay. uh, this is copied directly from the IRS website. So I'll just read it exactly. Okay. Uh, the, or actually this, I'm sorry, this is not copied directly from the IRS website. This paraphrased. They, <laughs> they don't speak this nicely, but, uh, the general rule is that you have, if you have not turned a profit in at least three of the prior five years, the IRS will categorize your business as a hobby. So okay. if you take the first five years of having your business, you should be positive $1 or more in three of those years. The first, third, and four, fifth, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so does that and, essentially mean that if, if you are at ground zero right now, 
you're a full-time employee, but you want to go full-time on a side gig, you kind of have three years to turn a profit. And during those three years, the expenses you incur in setting that business up can actually be deducted off of your income. Yeah. And, and so that was what allowed me to make meaningful progress on Listen Money Matters when I had a full-time job. Um, yeah. And, and it helped us on our taxes because we didn't make we didn't we certainly didn't make any money worth discussing for two years and in the third year maybe like eked out a profit perhaps yeah. by moving some expenses back onto my books mm-hmm. like off of the businesses whatever um, but but we got to carry forward losses otherwise which which was awesome yeah and I guess one thing that I want to bring up here and I think you even have this in the notes. Um, you know, if someone's listening to this and thinking being able to take expenses for three years, doesn't that seem kind of like cheating the tax code? It is important to realize that the tax code, uh, the majority of the tax code is written to incentivize the creation of new businesses, Mm. to incentivize, um, landlords to improve properties and to provide more housing to people. Very little of the tax codes, actual writings are in place to collect money the majority of it is actually in place to provide incentives and tax breaks to people for doing things that the government wants people to do so this is another one of those you know if the irs required you to make a profit your very first year while setting up a business there would be less of an incentive to set up a business because most people don't profit for quite a while and so interestingly if you so there's like all these llcs and businesses created in the u.s if you remove all of the businesses that have no employees, maybe they're like rental property shells or whatever. There's 5.9 million firms um, that have at least one employee. Mm. And of those 5.9 million, 3.6 million of them have uh, less than five employees. So they have four, three, two, or one. And the most common is one employee. Mm -hmm. So like literally in terms of business in the US, it is driven by people employed by themselves creating Mm. income that way yeah so you are an employee of your business right correct yeah and And, so when you set up an llc if you are just doing an llc um as opposed to being an llc and electing to be taxed as a corporation which we'll get into a bit later Mm -hmm. if you just like to be an llc are you still an employee of that llc so uh, I mean, may, maybe as a technical classification, yes, but the, but the big difference is that you don't pay yourself payroll because you okay. are essentially a pass-through entity. So whatever happens in your business uh, comes onto your personal taxes. So whatever okay. money you make is is on your, your personal taxes, whereas like, and we'll get into later, and it's like it's like quote unquote more complicated. It really isn't more complicated, but you could yeah. elect to treat your business slightly differently, and, and we both do it that way. And yeah. we'll, I'll explain why. And um, uh, so I guess one question is: so the reason that I started my LLC mm-hmm. is for the ability to then be elect or uh, then elect to be taxed as an S corp, mm-hmm. which means that I then pay myself through payroll. And then there, at the end of the year or something, there are additional payments um, that would be beyond what they call a reasonable salary. Mm-hmm. And there are tax advantages to that. But beyond that, are there any tax advantages 
to simply being an LLC, not doing that, that you wouldn't get if you remained a sole proprietor. Because as a sole proprietor, you could still expense things for your business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, for example, uh, you have access to all these awesome retirement accounts like, uh, Oh, the SEP IRA, which we'll talk about. Okay. Um, and, uh, you, you also have legal protections, which Mm. is, you know, no, I, I think, or, or I would hope that no one listening is setting out to like screw people over or like do something terrible, but shit happens. And the mm-hmm. reason that you have car insurance is because some car may like literally fly out of the sky and hit you or, you know, like just weird shit happens. Like all of a sudden you have this home uh, and it's landlocked and then it's like flooded from the ocean or, I, you know, weird shit happens. And so you get insurance to essentially protect yourself and an LLC is essentially like the, the first form of business insurance where yeah. if something terrible happens in your business, maybe your business is hit hard, but it doesn't cascade to your personal assets. Mm-hmm. I and have so, read that that isn't always the case. So like there can definitely be times where your your personal assets aren't protected by an LLC. Yes. But it at least affords some protections and certainly more than just being a sole proprietor. Yeah, and I don't want to get like too much into the weeds with that, but right. you know, you could uh, they they call it like piercing the veil, and like say if you use your yeah. business bank accounts or, or credit cards for personal things, like I don't know, a stripper or some like ridiculous <laughs> thing, um, legally you open yourself up because if you treat your business like a personal bank account, then then the courts assume that, yeah. that it is, and so. Um, I don't know if there. I don't. I'm sure there are other things that go into that deliberation. If you know, in case they're trying to decide liability and how far it extends, but that was the main thing my lawyer told me was, you want to have your business as separate from your personal financial accounts as possible. So I've got a business bank account and a personal bank account, a business credit card, personal credit card, and then I pay myself a salary from the business to my personal account. And, you know, I never use the business account for personal expenses or vice versa. I try to keep mm. it as separate as possible. So, so like, on a very broad stroke, I think that, uh, the L- like, you create the LLC for, for like, two initial reasons. It's mm-hmm. to protect yourself, um, and it's to group like income. So if you have, like, all this College Info Geek money, it's going to go into the College Info Geek LLC, and it would probably behoove you to create a new LLC if you were to do a new business because it just simply mm. – it simplifies your life, accounting, knowing what the hell is going on, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Plus, um, like, uh, would you say it's the case that if something happens with one business, then another LLC can protect the other business? Exactly. And that's why Laura and I, we have a few because who, who knows? Um, yeah. So, so I want to get into uh, some of the, the benefits. Um, and I think uh, one of the, the least obvious, but uh, mo- what I see was the most useful in the beginning and perhaps why uh, if you were like on the fence, uh, you should create an LLC is um, everything that you spend money on or, or many things you spend money on will be significantly cheaper. So... There are a lot of people who um, will go online and, and they'll research for hours to nitpick a 1% cashback credit card 
or one and a half percent cashback credit card. And we could we could literally do a whole episode on like airline points and the nuances and the rules. And you could spend hours and hours like optimizing this really, really small number. Mm -hmm. Right. However, you're taxed. Your tax rate is a really large number. And yeah. to, to kind of give you like a broad example, um, in 2018, and you may listen, be listening to this in the future or the past, but uh, a, a, a married couple filing jointly. So, so when you're married filing jointly, you get slightly more income at a lower tax rate. So I figure let's be really like pessimistic in terms of your savings. Yeah. So – the federal tax bracket for a married couple filing jointly, earning a hundred thousand a year, is twenty-two percent. Um, in New Jersey, where I live, the married couple filing jointly, earning a hundred thousand dollars, is taxed at five point five three percent. So, the total mm. tax would be twenty-seven point five three percent. But to make everyone's lives easier and so we can kind of understand the numbers, let's round that down even further and just say that if you make a hundred thousand dollars. As a married couple in New Jersey, you pay 25% in taxes before okay. all the name deductions and whatever. Let's just keep it simple. Yeah. So um, we have Andrew, uh, pre-Listen Money Matters, uh, who is a W-2 employee for iHeartRadio. Um, and when I, when I was an employee, I had a cell phone. And Laura's on my plan. And, you know, let's just say we paid $100 a month. Um, when you look at your bill, you... You're like, oh, it's a hundred dollars a month. I mean, it is, but technically, you had to earn a hundred and twenty-five dollars in yeah. order to pay that hundred-dollar cell phone bill because twenty-five dollars went to the government after mm -hmm. you got your check, and then you paid AT and T or whomever after the fact. So tax money, right? Yeah. However, when you are running a business, you spend money on things, and then after all of your expenses are deducted from your income, you are taxed on the remainder. So mm -hmm. Andrew, who was in, you know, slight, only slightly more informed in the future, uh, when we were building our business, we loaded it up with expenses and that $100 cell phone plan actually cost us $100. It was 25% mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And so, so I will say with the cell mm -hmm. phone plan specifically, um, my accountant has said that that's the kind of thing where if, if you use the same cell phone for your business and for your personal, then like you should just define a percentage. Mm. So I estimate that I actually use my phone about 75% for business because my life is work. I was uh, going to say, if anyone who knows me <laughs> knows I spend my, I use my phone for 150% business. Shit. Yeah, you like, probably do. I don't even text people <laughs> like literally I text my um, wife business things. <laughs> yeah. Just so just to play it safe every year when I do my taxes, um, I actually pay my phone bill through my personal account, but then I'll just do a reimbursement for 75% of mm. the total bill over the year. That way it's like, I guess you don't want to signal to the IRS that you're like taking advantage of things and expensing no. things you shouldn't be expensing. So with something like that, you do want to define a split, but you still like, you know, say 75%, mm. you're paying 75% of that phone bill with pre-tax money, saving a lot of money. And, and like to maybe go further on that line, like what we said, like you have to be profitable in three of the five years as mm -hmm. per the IRS. The IRS also requires that you're making an honest effort to be a business. Yeah. And so if your like goal is to get in there, save some money over two years, oh shit, I'm a hobby, whatever, you, you may get audited if it's a lot, you know, that's, that's yeah. inappropriate. 
so they, they do some work to establish intent. Yeah, and but but here's the thing, and this is like kind of the the overwhelming uh, goal of this episode. The goal of this episode is in three years, if you spend one or two hours a week doing a thing, within three years, I would be shocked, shocked if you couldn't earn a thousand dollars a month. Like after three years. Yeah. Of effort, one or two hours a week, just trying shit out passively, not really, you, like, you will earn $1,000 a month. It really is not that hard. Um, Provided you, you stick with something, you know, that you know, has uh, a decent market. But, but, but you yeah. know what, like, the first year you could fail, like, five, maybe you are constantly failing, which is mm-hmm. fine, because it took me quite, this is, listen, my matters is, I wish that was my first business. This is, like, my <laughs> fifth attempt, and all the other ones were terrible, horrible failures that mm-hmm. maybe didn't even make it to whatever. So, if the goal is to make $1,000 in income, then you could also potentially load it with $1,000 in relevant expenses, and essentially save yourself $250 a month while creating value at the same time. And so I think that's like a very low bar litmus test Mm -hmm. um, because one, this this thousand, not only do you save $250 personally, you've taken $1,000 a month of your expenses off of your books onto the businesses. And now like you're, you're living lighter. You can invest that money what maybe back in the business or in with betterment, whatever. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about the, the tax rate thing? Uh, what, what do you mean? How you 25%? No, no, no. How you can, uh, do the S corp election. Okay. So, um, soon, not yet. You don't want to get into it yet? Too, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say like also on the expense end, like, um, Laura and I, uh, we, we talk about other things, but mm-hmm. if like, say, you know, we hired someone and we want to, you know, talk about that or we, we just figure out what we're doing in February in terms of projects, uh, we could talk about that at home, you know, or we can go out to a restaurant and have dinner and talk about it there and expense half of it, you know, yeah. and it's, it's like all in, um, you, you have to do like, you have to be reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Every, everything in moderation, so it's not like we go out to eat every night and expense all of it because we'll certainly get audited. But I guess yeah. the point is, like, occasionally our date nights might be business, quote unquote, business meetings mm-hmm. that are deductible business expenses. And so there's a lot of stuff that falls in there into this like bucket. Yeah. Um, it excites me. It should excite you because yeah. you save money. Because Laura is basically a part of LMM at this point. Like she's. That's, I mean, she does some of her own things on the side too, but like a majority of her working time goes into LMM at this point, right? Oh, absolutely. She, yeah. she's an employee and as per gusto, she, you know, like they have oh, to, okay. you have to classify yourself. So, uh, we're yeah. both classified as shareholders. So okay. the rule, you know, rules would be different as if we were an employee that wasn't a shareholder. So are you and Laura the only employees right now, or do you have any more? So we're the only employees. Okay. Uh, that was a lesson we learned early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and perhaps maybe in the future we'll grow to whatever, but yeah. it is oh so costly yep. and painful. And we, we just kind of were like, you know, like we're going to do the employee thing. Uh, we think it's like the right choice. And we just did it. And we didn't mm-hmm. realize that you had to like 
get, I don't know, unemployment insurance and all these like inane things. And we wound up getting fined like thousands of dollars. Ooh. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's tough. Na- now I, we know to do it properly, but <laughs> yeah, I remember I talked to um, Matt's lawyer mm. and she was saying basically like you need to say you need to take 25 percent uh, and like tack that on to what you were going to pay your person. And that is what they cost. So you want to pay them sixty thousand dollars a year. They're actually going to cost you seventy five K. And it, it you may have to be pay their taxes. That. Yeah, you're paying half of their FICA taxes. Mm. Uh, which is FICA is something that we're going to talk about very soon. And it's a very big benefit of um, a certain LLC configuration, but you're paying half of their social security, Medicaid, Medicare, and then you pay for an employment insurance on them. Mm. Um, you also need to contribute to any retirement plans that your company offers. So if you say offer a SEP, I don't know the exact breakdowns we will talk step, about all uh, these at, at the rear end of yeah. the episode oh you've got it no, 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 so i can see him <laughs> yeah, so, yeah there's all that kind of stuff what i did want to mention though before we get into that is whether or not you're an llc if you are running your own business and say you have like a room in your house where you only work on your business like andrew you do mm. and so do i um you can take a home office deduction on your taxes mm. so you basically measure the square footage of your space and as long as you're using that exclusively for business, you can deduct a certain amount off your taxes based on how big that room is. You, you know, or you could do it like so. So you could do that on your personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think when you're an S corp, you actually need you, the the appropriate. I think they changed it, but you need to like essentially you lease it from yourself. So oh okay. Laura, Laura and I have a three, and we're we're actually not doing that now because we're because. <laughs> Out of the scope of the episode, but we're gunning for the federal R&D tax credit. And just, oh, I just want to yeah. say, without going totally <laughs> off the rails, there are so many tax credits and oh. things. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's really unfair, the Did amount of benefits. Did you read about the new one that's coming Which? for 2018? I need oh, to the open- 20% off the top? Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Let's, that let's get back on the- Crazy. Okay, look. The- the. Tom is excited. I'm excited. There, there are far <laughs> more lucrative benefits than just the ta- the the expense things. So, so moving to the next piece, okay. Um, you have your expenses are cheaper. Great. So you save two fifty for every you know thousand dollars of expenses you offload. Awesome. But in the first two years, you're still spending a thousand dollars a month. And so you're you're losing that. I mean, you're spending it regardless. You maybe you save some money, but it, w- it was all a loss. So you kind of don't save. And I guess the point is, um, with an LLC, uh, it, it's it's a pass through entity. So whatever happens in the LLC cascades down to you in yeah. terms of tax effects. So when the LLC loses money, you as the W two employee filing taxes loses money. And yep. so these are losses that you could use to count against your wages, mm-hmm. which is awesome because, you know, if iHeart's paying me whatever, I'm paying whatever taxes and I, I have losses from this money matters. Not only did I get those expenses tax free, but now I save on taxes from the work that I did at iHeartRadio. Um, ridiculous. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, an LLC, if you are not elected to be taxed as a corporation, there is no additional tax return for the LLC, correct? It's, it's just your personal mm-hmm. one and there will be a Schedule C? So so I don't I don't know that. 
about okay. that. I know for mine, because I mm. am elected to be taxed as a corporation, there's a separate tax uh, return that has to be filed. And it's it's much more expensive for my accountant to do it than for my personal one. But and, there's well, Okay, so this is why you hire someone for sure. Yeah. And by the way, that those expenses could be deducted. I certainly deduct them. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. And when we first had the LLC, the first time we went to our current tax person, when our setup was oh so simple as compared, we've like overcomplicated to the max. It costs us five hundred bucks to do, every, like our soup to nuts. So yeah. you can get in there. Someone's just gonna execute on that stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. So for just your LLC, like no, for that and our personal five hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's, that, that was that's good. That was I the one time that we didn't pay out the nose for taxes. Oh wait, was that was that so that was for your tax return? Was that when you were elected to be taxed as a corporation as well or not? No, that was that was just oh, okay. uh, that was before, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Simple uh, terms. Yeah. So, so okay. Before we get through... into all these tax things, I do want to mention that there are expenses associated with being an LLC and there's also some things you have to do. So, there is a filing fee with the Secretary of State in whatever state you live in to be listed as an LLC. So I think uh, in Georgia it was it's fifty dollars a year. Yeah, I think I, it's a hundred in Colorado sure. maybe or something mm. like that. Well, there's like the, there's a fee you pay when you initially file, and then you'll have to look up the things for your state. But I believe that in Iowa it's like a biannual refiling fee or something like that. So you, you, there's there's a fee you pay essentially, and then. And, Every year you have to have like a meeting where you verify that the board of directors is still who it is or, you know, whoever's in charge is still who it is. For me as a single Our member LLC. Our tax person just does that for us. <laughs> yeah. For me as a single person LLC, I open a Word document and I type the time and then I type the single manager has decided that he's still the manager meeting. Yeah. That's all it is. But like there's still a record of that meeting. <laughs> and, and just to kind of – um maybe like add to that. So I want like I want you to understand like after this episode understand all the benefits, hopefully be excited. Mm-hmm. And I am working on a resource and this actually saying this will keep me honest and I'll actually finish it on essentially walking you through the the creation process what you have to do cuz also not crazy or scary uh probably takes 15 minutes. Um but but we'll demystify it. Yeah. So that that'll so be excited, and then when that comes out, I'll let you know. So can we get into the S corp stuff now? Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> so 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 far we've covered expenses are cheaper, and uh, your initial losses are still beneficial because they they lower the taxes you'd pay on mm-hmm. your salary. So I will take a shot at this, mm. and then I know that you you also do the same thing I do, and then you've also done research here, so you can correct me where I'm wrong here. Um. There is a form that you can file with the IRS if you are an LLC. Or have your tax person file. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I think in my case, my lawyer did this. But so you I'm have to file for do it. to the federal government and to your state. Yeah. I actually did it myself incorrectly, and I only did it to federal and didn't do it to state, and it made my shit so complicated. Oh. Uh, my tax person was going to strangle me. So but, there, uh, with, the, with the federal government, it's uh, Form 2553, mm. and you basically fill this out. And there, there are some, like, dates. So, like, if you want it to apply to this year, you have to fill it up by a certain date. Otherwise, it's going to apply to next year. Um, and I couldn't – the one thing that I was bummed about is I couldn't do it retroactively. 
So like I had an LLC in 2016, yeah. but I couldn't retroactively classify it. But we did that, and then I'm guessing my lawyer did the one with the state. And what this is doing is it is not making you an actual S corporation, but it is saying that in the eyes of the IRS, you are an S corporation. So there are two main types of corporations in the U.S. tax law. There's C corporations and S corporations. C corp is like Apple or yeah. Nike, and they have like Big shareholders, corp. and it's a whole, you know. So the the main difference between these two types of corporations is that with the C corporation, there's something called double taxation, where the corporation has to pay taxes on its earnings, then it passes salaries and dividends and distributions and such to its officers, who then have to pay taxes on their personal returns. Now, I don't know what it ends up being equivalent to. I don't know if it's like a huge amount more than an S-Corp. There may be other benefits that kind of mm. even the playing field. Um, but with an S-Corp, it is, it's, it's a corporation, or at least the IRS sees you that way. But it is still a pass-through entity in terms of your earnings. So my accountant does have to file a corporate tax return, but all the income is taxed at individually to me essentially okay L let me let me let me break it down because okay. this is really super cool as well so um and and also just to kind of add to that uh i, I actually i forgot but but i'll remember um okay <laughs> you had you had said something and anyway so um Ah, I now I remember. So uh, there, there's size limitations. So after a certain amount of employees, mm -hmm. it's it becomes compulsory to become a C corp because you're right. like, yeah. my my thought would be like, well, why would anyone go to C corp if you pay more taxes? They they make you. Um, yeah. And so with an S corp, what happens is, or or the difference is, when you have a normal LLC, everything you earn passes through to you directly. So it's it's almost like filing it on yourself, right? But right. when you have an S corp, there could be other people involved, other shareholders, mm -hmm. you know, Thomas and I could be 50, 50 or something. And, you know, we could split things, whatever. Um, and, uh, what happens is in, because we're a corporation now, we have to pay ourselves what the IRS calls a reasonable salary. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you pay yourself a reasonable salary and that is normal payroll tax, like yep. you would pay at whatever company you work at now if you're a W-2 employee. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, because that's an expense for the company. So the company deducts that and the taxes and whatever. And then you spend a lot of stuff like cell phone bill and this and that and internet. And that's all deducted. And then there's a possibly money left over. Right. After you've paid yourself and paid all your, your people who work, you work with you and blah, blah, blah. And that money then passes through to you w without paying social security and Medicare tax. So right. that money, which you may hear as like dis a distribution. Mm -hmm. So some people call it that, although it, it happens without any action being taken. It's right. just the remainder at the end of the year. It's essentially 50. It, it's about like 15.9% less yeah. than the amount, the tax rate you'd pay normally. So, I was at one point in time a data engineer and you know if you want to know the reasonable salary for a data engineer you go to like Payscale or Glassdoor and you look and like that's what a reasonable salary is but now I'm I'm just a podcast host I'm just a blogger <laughs> and it, it turns out that uh they don't make that much money um 
And so I pay myself more than what a reasonable wage is because the the reasonable wage is, is unfairly low. But the, the point yeah. being is that there is a remainder amount at the end that passes through to Laura and I that we get to keep and go buy like wine or whatever with. Mm-hmm. And the tax rate is just it's 15.9% less. So and, to break this down, let's let's hmm. say that your business has a net profit of $100,000, not counting what you've paid yourself in wages. But let's just say like after you've paid all your contractors and you've paid all of your expenses, you had $100,000 profit during the year. And let's say that you've been able to determine that a reasonable salary for what you do is $60,000. So you're going to pay yourself $60,000 over the year as payroll. And there will be payroll tax withheld from that paycheck every single month that'll go to the IRS. But now there's $40,000 left over that could be distributed to you as a distribution and you will still pay your income and state tax on that, but you will save the 15 ish percent FICA taxes on that. Mm. So that's going to be about $6,000 in savings. Now you got to do the math here. So two things I want to put out here. First, the reasonable salary is not just what you can look up on pay scale for an easy term like blogger, because mm. there is clearly an argument to be made that Andrew Fever is not just a blogger and a podcaster. He's also coded the website and done other things. So, there, you know, there's probably, you would I'm probably have to edit this out. so that uh... <laughs> You would probably pay a person uh, doing what you do more than you would pay just a blogger. Yes. And, so and you've I, probably I selected more. a reasonable salary that matches that. But then because the business has automated systems that generate additional revenue, there is probably some money left over. So that works out. Now, here's where um, you need to understand your business's current position and whether this makes sense for you. Because electing to be taxed as an X-Corp uh, incurs additional expenses. So my accountant, I believe, charges me like $800 a year to file that corporate tax return, whereas my personal tax returns like was only like 200 and then they also charge me every quarter a couple of hundred bucks or so to manage payroll. Mm. So it's about fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars in additional expenses per year to manage all that. Uh, now you could probably use something like Gusto that might make your payroll expenses a little only, lower. Only fifty one dollars a month for Laura. Yeah. And I. So I guess Gusto is probably cheaper. I, I prefer mm. to work with my local accountant. I like him. He's a good guy. They do everything for me, so I'm willing to pay a little more to not switch. But that being said, you need to be able to say, all right, my reasonable salary is this. What is the additional profit my business has generated? And is that enough to justify the additional expenses of electing to be an S-Corp? So I got two things for you. One, as an inadvertent bonus that I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. And then two, on like uh, some S-Corp details. So one, okay. Um, if you're running an LLC and you're like, oh my God, I should probably convert to an S corp and like save all these money in taxes. Uh, Gusto is awesome. Laura and I use it. It is like, uh, so the best way to describe it is imagine Silicon Valley made something that was super cheap that solved all of your business tax problems, allowed you to like, uh, provide yourself with a 401k, SEP IRA, all this stuff that we'll talk about later. And it's just like wickedly cheap. That's Gusto. Uh, they're awesome. Like you get, they have like awesome help support. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go to listenmymatters.com slash gusto, you get something for free. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> uh, it might be like $200 something. 
all, all one people who applies to will will go. But but anyways, it, yeah. it really is an awesome service. Uh, we Laura and I tried ADP and and it was the worst service. So and you you and Laura have had a hell of a time finding like good local accounting help, haven't you? I think I just got lucky. Yeah. So so we uh we we learned that um. We, we need to, I, I didn't want to figure any tax things out. You know, right. I, I could be the money nerd on all the things. I just don't want to do taxes. Mm-hmm. I did my own tax before. I hated them, whatever. I didn't, and it turns out I, I cannot find someone within a remotely reasonable cost that will help me with strategy. And so yeah. I've essentially had to do the research myself, which I guess is good that I know it, but I had to waste so much time and gray hairs on it. Oh, hey, uh-huh. now you can do podcast episodes on it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and and I, I okay, so I want to make a comment on the escort piece. So the the to, the reason that Thomas and I can go to an escort and that it makes sense is because the things that we do, uh, the resulting money that we make is not tied to our effort. So Thomas maybe did something a year ago and he may be making money into perpetuity, ever increasing amounts. It's the nature of, of his business. Yeah, and like so is a good example. Yeah. Like, so the, the, the point is, um, you would only really benefit from an S corp. If, if one, you had multiple people and you didn't want to be a partnership because people had different amount and blah, blah, blah details there. Or you were in a scenario like Thomas and I, where your time wasn't directly tied to your income mm-hmm. so that you could essentially book some income with that, you know, saving 15.9%. Yeah. So if you are a consultant where mm-hmm. you are earning based on your hours, you know, where your time is directly tied, you, the IRS will say that your reasonable salary is what you earn because yep. that's exactly the time that you put in. So you just have to be careful there. But again, tax people, go call them. Maybe it costs you $100. The advice well worth it. Yeah, exactly. And hey, if you're a consultant, maybe you build a tool for your clients and then you charge them a certain amount per month. And then, you know, there's there's some profit that's no longer directly tied to your hourly rate. Oh my God, if you build an awesome tax tool or calculator estimator, like let me know and we'll just promote it for you for free. <laughs> I will use it. Yeah. I think that covers most of it on S Corp stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so I, the gist yeah. of this, this line is, because I, I think like the incentives, so we have like expenses are cheaper, initial losses are still beneficial. And mm-hmm. for this one, what you do earn can eventually be taxed at a lower rate. So yeah. you could make the same. So I could make the same amount that I did at iHeartRadio as a data engineer, but just in structuring of my business, I will actually just pay less in taxes. Yeah, and when I learned this, I can't even remember who told me about this. It may have been you, may have been my my accountant. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind, <laughs> and, and it also pissed me off because I was like, well, I didn't do this last year. Damn it. <laughs> And, and so like uh, the cherry on the top, which and, and I think like the overriding uh, feeling you should have from this episode is that the tax incentives for business owners are extremely unfair because that is true. It is like yeah. I pay so much less in taxes than I did before. And so the cherry on top is uh, our current president, Trump, uh, just pushed out a tax reform plan and he runs 
uh, a business structure not all that different from Thomas and I. And maybe it is unsurprising that there were a lot of incentives for people who run businesses with a similar structure. And uh, this one incentive that kind of like rises above. So you have the money that you pay yourself in salary. Then you have all of your expenses. And there is a remaining amount. With the new tax plan, 20% of that remaining amount, you can just take tax-free. You don't pay any taxes yeah, on it. it's crazy. So if you made $100,000 and you deem that 50000 or 80000 say 80000 was a reasonable salary, you know, you spent 10000 in expenses, 20% of the remaining 10000 would just pass through tax-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... As the numbers grow, that 20% becomes a larger number. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I, you're, you're just... I when you're not paying taxes. Yeah. So, uh, can I, like, tell, him, tell people what he said? Yeah, sure. I won't, like, read it straight out because I don't want to, like, read people's emails straight out on the air without asking them. But uh, is it? this is called the Section 199A deduction, if anybody wants to go Google it. Um, he told me that we cannot retroactively re- apply it to 2017. So if anyone's listening to this before tax time, 2018, you're trying to save some money on 2017 taxes, it doesn't apply. But apparently what he was saying is you will get the taxable business portion of your income reduced by 20%. So this doesn't apply to your salary, mm. uh, which is what he said here. You may be tempted to think about killing your S-Corp status and going back to sole proprietorship or LLC with no wages going to yourself because then you would reduce the entire net income of the business by 20%. But um, you then you would have to pay your Social FICA security. and everything mm-hmm. on that. So I, I guess like if you're reducing, if you if, if you killed your salary, killed your S-Corp thing. You, you're in an S-Corp. You're a normal LLC. Everything passes through. You actually may have a five percent effective tax savings because if you're if you're axing 20 percent off of everything mm. rather than axing 15 percent off of that one part like i think you would actually save in taxes but um all right what does he say here you would then have to pay social security medicare tax on the entire net income of the business income result would be more tax overall so yeah i don't, I don't Th- have to do that's math. in your case but i guess if yeah. you were say a consultant you know, and it wouldn't make sense for you to go to an S-Corp, you would still get, uh, the gist is that you would still get the 20% benefit. Um, yeah, if you were a consultant and you were, didn't, yeah, that might be a huge thing. So in any case, there's a lot that needs to be hammered out. This deduction is very new. And who knows, maybe 2018, the Democrats will win back the Senate and kill it. Who knows mm-hmm. what's going to happen? I don't want to get political here, but I'm personally probably going to retain the S-Corp status, but then just, enjoy the benefit of that 20% deduction on my business income regardless. Same. So that'll just be a nice little bonus. So, so to kind of like review, you know, uh, the things that you spend money on are cheaper. Um, when you're losing money in the beginning, it's actually a deduction. Uh, and you're just pretty much, no matter how you spin it, you're going to pay like all like earnings being equal. You know, current job versus business, you're going to be paying less in taxes on what you bring in. Um, Now, like, I I wanted to compare this to retirement accounts because everyone thinks of retirement accounts as a main way to save money. And if you're, like, really strongly in the camp of, like, well, um, I I just believe in, like, pre-tax, post-tax 
you know, tax advantage accounts, you know, I understand the 401k IRA, like that's, that's where I want to go. Well, awesome, because not only do you get access to that, like everyone else does, you get better access to all of that, like extremely better (laughs) access. So if you're like, I love IRAs, well, then you are going to love having an LLC. And, um, there, so there are two, so there's like the Roth IRA, the traditional IRA. I don't want to go into it. One's pre-tax, one's post-tax. Post-tax is Roth, grows tax-free forever. Pre-tax is traditional. We have other episodes on that. But there are two types of IRAs that you could do with an LLC. You could do a SEP IRA Mm -hmm. and you could do a simple IRA. And we're not going to talk about the simple IRA because it is really geared towards people who have larger businesses and want to help contribute to their employees' savings. Uh, oh, is I that just want, what it is? Yeah. So, oh, so the deductions and stuff. I have a are, simple. So, like, huh. you would do a simple because if you wanted to, um, you know, provide it to Martin and give him incentives, the SEP IRA. In, in like, we're just going to do this as a super selfish episode. As a super <laughs> selfish... I, and actually, I don't know if you could have both or, or what the deal is with that. But the SEP IRA is like a wicked tax cheat code. And so to kind of take a step mm-hmm. back, normal IRAs, um, they allow you to... Uh, and I, I thought I wrote it down here. It's like it, $5,500 a year, I did. Right? If, if you qualify, so you have to not earn a lot of money to qualify. I want not like not earn a lot of money, but if you earn too much money that you won't get this benefit. So if you earn below the threshold, you could contribute up to $5,500 a year to a Roth or a traditional IRA with a SEP IRA. You can contribute up to $53,000 into an IRA that is a deductible pre-tax expense for your business. So you don't have to pay it. You don't, you don't have to contribute with your salaried money, with your whatever reasonable salary. Yep. Uh, you, like if your business has, say, say like you did this whole calculations um, and uh, you're like, well, 20% of the remainder goes into this like Trump tax code benefit. And you could take that whole rest piece, you know, up to 53,000 and, and they're, well, we'll get into the, the specifics of it. You could just yeah. throw that into an IRA for yourself, deduct it, and just not pay taxes on it. Yep. Um, and the which, other thing is, uh, if you have a SEP IRA, you control it. Yes. So maybe so, your company's like, you can only invest in my brother's shady nightclub with our 401k. But if you have a SEP IRA through your LLC, I mean, obviously you want... Let's say you have an LLC and you're also a W-2 employee for another Mm. company. If there's a a matching program, clearly you still want to contribute up to the matching limit because that's just pure profit. But anything else that you were planning on contributing, putting it into your own uh, LLC-controlled SEP IRA or even a simple plan because I have a simple plan, in any case, you're controlling what those investments are. So I know Mm. Vanguard offers both SEP and simple. And I don't have and mine through Vanguard, to, but I would imagine you could choose the funds that you're invested in. So, within, so right? not only can you choose the funds that you're investing in, like these these open market, Vanguard, Apple, whatever you want to buy, mm-hmm. you could buy into products like Fundrise through an IRA because, oh, yeah. because it's, it's an IRA. So you could pretty much buy anything. Mm-hmm. You can buy rental property 
with IRA money, you can. Really? Uh, Thomas, yes, yes, you can absolutely buy oh, cool. rental property. And there's all rules related to that, but you yeah. can absolutely do it. You could even. And so here's Thomas. He has College Info Geek, the, the business, um, not a publicly listed company. But Thomas, you could tender shares and allow someone to buy shares of your company. And you could buy shares of Thomas's not publicly listed company with an IRA. And that I don't even want to go into all of the deep, dark alleyways of how you can really do shady shit with that. But the point yes. is, you can invest in just about anything with an IRA. Gotcha. So, so I did not like, know about the real estate thing. So that's really cool. So that's like what you could do with an IRA. You could contribute up to 53000 And if you qualify, you could still contribute to a Roth or traditional IRA like you normally would be able to mm-hmm. as a salaried employee. And your business can also have a 401k that you could contribute to <laughs> with matching up to 3% of your salary. So like, like same rules apply to the W-2. So not only yeah. do you get access to every retirement vehicle you would have otherwise – uh, you just get like some bonuses. Though, so I'm looking here. Uh, Vanguard has a page where you can compare their SEP, their simple, their 401k plans. Mm. And maybe we should link to this in the show notes or something because it actually breaks down the differences between the SEP and the simple. But I'm also seeing here their Vanguard individual 401k says employers who can provide this option, sole proprietors or partners with no common law employees. So I suppose hmm. with Vanguard, you could actually do a 401k. Now, still, you're going to be subject to those contribution limits. But say you're listening to this and you're like, man, three years from now, maybe I'm going to have an LLC, but I'm not in that spot yet. Uh, but you have a company that maybe provides matching up to you know, a, a piddly amount of IRA contributions and you want to contribute more, but you want to have more control over that. I, I'm guessing you could go and open up a Vanguard uh, individual 401k maybe contribute up to just that matching limit with your company, which we've kind of recommended before. And then if you still wanted a tax deferred retirement plan, go get yourself an individual IRA as well or mm. 401k. Sorry. I mean, does that There's make sense? There's no reason why you, you wouldn't, I mean, you couldn't or wouldn't right now. I guess my question is like, what's the difference between an individual 401k and just like an IRA that you opened yourself? So, uh, so you're saying what's the difference between an I, like a traditional IRA you open yourself or a 401k you open yourself? Yeah. Well, Oh, I, wait a minute for 2017 tax, your overall employer plus employee contribution limit is a hundred percent of compensation with a maximum of $54,000 in 2017, 2018 is $55,000. So it looks like you can get the benefits of the 401k with a much higher contribution limit by getting an individual 401k as long as you're a sole proprietor running your own business. Mm. You don't even have to have an LLC in that case. I didn't even know that. Looks that like, yeah, I didn't know that until just wicked. now. So Look, like, I, I don't want this. <laughs> I almost feel like this episode is a sales pitch. And I feel like whenever we talk about business things, uh, you know, I, I don't want to like, I know like not everyone is here to like learn about business, but I think in terms of like, you know, you, you earn X dollars, mm-hmm. right? And your your ultimate goal is to keep the largest amount of that possible and in, yeah. just in like the spirit of financial optimization your it doesn't get better than using an llc structure and so um you know it's probably like the biggest win on taxes that you can possibly get 
Mm. which is because the tax code is written primarily to incentivize business because business is what is, is the lifeblood of the economy. More businesses we have, the better the businesses do, the better our country does. You know, um, one of my friends, so, so I have this like, um, investors board game night that, uh, Laura and I go to. It's a bunch of like friends of mine from, from iHeartRadio and let me go. We play this a board game called Cash Flow, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the goal is like get out of the rat race. It's like it's like super nerdy, whatever <laughs> board game. You have to have like a balance sheet and stuff. And uh, what like whenever we go, you know, we just all kind of talk about like rental properties are doing or whatever. And uh, one of my friends, um, he uh, started essentially uh, a leasing business for Uber drivers. So he he has a good job. He's he's a project manager for iHeartRadio for engineers. He gets paid, I'm sure, very well. And uh, he was using his line of credit to essentially buy cars and then lease them to people who drive on Uber and then just essentially collect rent on that. Huh. Um, and, and it's obviously more complicated with like insurance and stuff. But, you know, this is something like... Thomas slaves every day creating videos and obsessing on what the camera angle is. This dude just bought cars and he just has to find someone who's willing to rent it from him. <laughs> you know, like there's a plethora of oh, businesses no. that you could create in all regards of, you know, level of effort. Yeah. The one thing that frustrates me about my kind of business is like the, the unit of uh, profit creation is, is new content. Mm. which is it has its advantages because you get to essentially keep the same audience and you don't have to find new customers per se. You get to make the same money off of the, you get to make new money off the same customers by making new content. But mm. sometimes it, there is a little bit of a grass is greener effect looking at business models where it's like, uh, all you have to do is sell the same product to new customers mm. because like it, it obviously it's, it's hard in a different way, but yeah, and if like you want to experience a business like model like that, go to simplewealth.co. It's a, a rental <laughs> property analysis tool I built. Yeah, you did. See, there are sales pitches in the episode, but that is actually a very good point. Um, all you have to do is acquire another property. Now you're acquiring a new asset, so it's it's kind of like new content, but it's you're you're employing the same process mm. every time, right? You're using the like- same knowledge you used to found house A to find house B. Taxes are completely different for rental properties. It's actually like, I wouldn't say like more advantageous. It's it's definitely super advantageous. Um, we have not brand. paid taxes on rental property income because of depreciation. So we're we're like carrying yeah. forward negatives. That's all, and you're building um, equity the whole time. Right? They're paying the mortgage. Yeah. We're collecting rent, and the property is appreciating in value. So like. Three things are happening, and, and it's like funny because the first year that we did it, we bought three properties, and the net tax bill after we took in like all this cash and whatever, and mortgages paid was like negative five hundred and fifty dollars, which is wow, mind blowing. Yeah, you know it's kind of funny. Like if you really wanted to, and you were patient enough, you you, you have like a tax free system for just like having houses in every state. this month. How about I have a house there? <laughs> I, I'm hoping slash maybe maybe banking. I mean, it'd, it'd be really nice if like Amazon HQ two goes to Atlanta, and then mm-hmm. like all my properties just like double in value, rent doubles. That'd be. <laughs> hey, that um, should be that should be your rental property strategy. Is like trying to figure out where all the big tech companies are going to put their next HQ. 
It's like the Amazon has a top ten list or something. So mm-hmm. just buy five properties in each of those top ten places, and you know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have the I, I wish I had that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we we covered the broad strokes. Mm. Uh, we should reiterate that you know if you're in the position to think about doing this, definitely get yourself a good tax person. Get yourself a good accountant and a good lawyer. Uh, they are going to be your. I don't even team. have a lawyer. You don't have a lawyer? What do you need a lawyer for? A what, lawyer. what are you doing in College Info Geek? Get a lawyer. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I have like I haven't paid my lawyer that much, but like mm. when I get a contract for say like I don't know, I had one time when I licensed some of my videos, or I had another time where I sold the book rights for my book to China, like so the Chinese book rights were sold to a publisher. I have my lawyer look over those contracts because can you spot the uh you know, the stuff that's going to screw you you're over. You're doing a lot of contracts. Clause. Yeah, maybe you're not. I don't know. But mm. I, my lawyer set my LLC up for 350 bucks. Mm. And I know you can do it on legal Zoom, but I feel comfortable working with a local person who I can talk to. I can call her up. And if I have questions, she's a knowledgeable person that I can reach. Mm. I find it useful to have a lawyer. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm from the Midwest and there's just a bunch of people who are like nice and are not going to fuck me over. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's like over in New York City. But I imagine so, there's still good people. Yeah. I like having a lawyer. I mean, I guess, I guess you've never needed one. But also, yeah. we're, maybe, we're, maybe we're heavy DIY. I think... Uh, you might be. Yeah. And maybe you had a tax person at the time who, who knew enough about the law to make help, or help you... Well, actually, you know, I can't say that because you guys did get in trouble. <laughs> you just said earlier in the episode you had to pay a bunch of fines. Oh, so it was it wasn't tax related. It was like state. Uh, so um, we we had uh, an employee in New York State, and um, a pair, I, I didn't know that you have to register with. I think it's like New York State Insurance Fund. You have to proactively go and sign up for like unemployment insurance or like uh, workplace disability something. Or there, there was like there was like one or two things that we had to proactively do <clears throat> that we didn't do. Mm-hmm. And like, we just didn't know, like there was no, like, it wasn't like we, uh, hired someone and, and ADP was like, Oh, did you do this? No, they, they were like the worst. And so, um, yeah. we only found out like a year later or so when we got a mail, like we just found out you have an employee and you didn't pay for this. So pay us X. Do you know who does know all those things? A lawyer. A lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to pay how much in fines? Versus my uh, a couple thousand dollars, <laughs> and some of them involved phone conversations and like negotiation. Oh, okay. So yeah. there, there is your smoking gun. It's good to have a lawyer. But look, when, when you get to having employees in your business, you're probably well advanced on your on your journey. Maybe I don't mm. know. Like I, I just. There, there, I just read an interview. So um, Ramit Sethi has this site called Growth Lab that I've been reading. And uh, they did an interview with Steve Cam recently. And like Steve Cam honestly has like several employees, a business that probably does better than our businesses put together. But he was saying in that interview, like, I didn't know about all this cash flow stuff. I didn't know about this law stuff. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they grow and they get successful, but a lot of them aren't as nerdy about the law and the taxes as we are because we're doing a mm. freaking money podcast. So they might not know. So I don't know. I, I recommend true. getting a lawyer and getting an accountant. Uh, my and I'll tell entrepreneurship you what, like, teacher in high school told me, 
those are your two top team players. <laughs> you get them. <laughs> Look, uh, I I am personally very excited about all these things. Mm-hmm. Like the, like this episode was. I, I'm very excited about this stuff, and so I I also don't really know if people want more stuff in the business realm. So if you do, email us or tweet us or something, and just let us know, and because. There, there's oh so much more depth to this. Yeah, yeah we could definitely go more in depth, so mm. let us know. Cool. Uh, otherwise, you will find lots of additional details and recap summary in the show notes for this episode. Uh, if you're listening to this on your smartphone, there's probably a way that your app can bring the show notes right up inside the app. You can check them out from there. Otherwise, they're always over at listenmoneymatters.com slash show, and you should go over there anyway to see Andrew's Awesome new web design. Oh my god! I didn't even fast. send an email. Yeah, you didn't tell anybody, but we have a brand <laughs> new design on the site. It's blazing fast. It's much easier to navigate. It's better in every single way. Mobile and Andrew first. fucking executed on this so fast. I think I started because I'm doing a new design as well, and mm-hmm. you like lapped us because we started before you, and you just crushed it. And it's done, and I can't believe how fast it is. So that feels good because Laura and I were like, <laughs> we're not doing this fast enough. Like we took like a week off, and oh man, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, Martin, he's making a lot of headway, and we're getting there. But you guys just, it, mm. it was crazy how fast you did it. So thanks, man. Check it out. You can also find our toolbox full of all of our favorites, budgeting apps, investing tools, books that we recommend to grow your brain, all kinds of cool stuff. That's all at somebodymatters.com. Check that out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 